1848, Polish poet Julius Slovatsky wrote, Behold he comes, the Slavic Pope, the people's brother. He shall dispense love, health he shall bring, love enkindle, and the world he will save. He wrote this in 1848. This, his poem, A Slavic Pope. The poem today sounds as prophetic when measured against the life and work of Karol Wojtyła, the Pope from the East. Karol Wojtyła, who was virtually and unknown to the Roman crowds in St. Peter's Square on the day of his election as Supreme Pontiff. Karol Wojtyła, the poet, the actor, the romantic, the skier, hiker, kayaker, the loner, the pious, the witness and scholar. Karol Wojtyła, pastor, bishop, professor and mystic. Karol Wojtyła, the Pole, Cardinal Archbishop of Krakow, hailed in 1994 as Time Magazine's Man of the Year. Karol Wojtyła, the Holy Father, this man of obdurate steel, described by Vatican spokesman Joaquin Navarro-Valls as a body pulled by a soul. Today, we remember the Slavic Pope. Hello, I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Two days ago, April 2nd, was the fourth anniversary of the death of Pope John Paul II, and so today we will remember him. He is the only Pope to my knowledge who has had songs written about him, and we'll listen to some of those songs and hear from some of the artists who've written them. We'll hear from former Salt and Light Radio featured artists Janelle and Mark Mallet, and also from others. Aaron Berghaus and Father Stan Fortuna. But we begin with the very first song I heard about John Paul II. He was still alive, and it was around the time of World Youth Day 2000. This came from an Australian group that calls itself Lifeboat 14. Hey, John Paul. We're on a mission. We're on a mission. We're on a road. We're on a road. You are the captain. You are the captain. You sing cause I saw you sing and I can run to the one who said cause I saw you do it first hey John Paul we can finish the race for you hey John Paul we can carry the flame
That was the Australian group Lifeboat 14 with their tribute to John Paul II, Hey John Paul. Later on, we'll also hear from Janelle and Mark Mallet. My name is Pedro Guevara Man, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Series 159 and XM 117. Hi, my name's Mark Mallet. My memory of John Paul II goes back a few years ago when I was invited to Rome to sing for a concert to honor the Holy Father after he'd passed away. And I remember during the warm-ups feeling completely out of place. There was so much talent there. That I, just, I remember going for a walk outside and feeling I was totally out of place. And during that time I walked, when I was walking outside, I heard in my heart what I felt was the Holy Father saying to me, I want to, you to meet my friends. And so when I went back inside, all of a sudden um, I got to the stage and, and one of the producers pushed me up towards the front and there I was suddenly singing in front of all this thousand people and beside the papal nuncio and, um, and, and many of the friends who he had um, made over the years. The next morning I remember going to the tomb of John Paul II and just praying there. And when I looked up I realized I was praying beside one of the nuns who had actually served him food. Uh, later on that morning, I, I went outside into the St. Peter's Square, and I looked up, and I recognized this young man standing there. And uh, I realized it was Pyotr Adamczyk, who was the uh, actor who played uh, Carol, a man who became Pope. And he recognized me from the concert the night before, and so we just embraced each other. And But then uh, um, about an hour later, uh, I went into the papal hall where there was a private audience with the Holy Father, Pope Benedict, and I was sitting right at the back, but all of a sudden, the priest who had organized the concert the night before saw me at the back, and he led me all the way to the front, to the third row. And as it turned out, that was those first three rows were the rows that were to meet the Holy Father, Cardinal Ratzinger, um, or Pope Benedict, I should say. 
uh, at the end of his meeting, or his talk that day. And after I'd met the Holy Father, um, kissed his ring, and uh, I gave him a, a song that I had written for Pope John Paul II, I turned around and there was Cardinal Stanislav, who um, was the cardinal who was Pope John Paul II's uh, secretary. And so here I'd met all these incredible friends of Pope John Paul II, and the great honor for me, of course, was give, presenting to Pope Benedict my song that I had written for Pope John Paul II, and it's called Song for Carol. Carol, Carol Wojtyła, how the world needs the way you showed us, and our hearts now see in the darkness a light to follow. In your life You gave us Jesus Jesus the way Light of the world And hope for our day Karo Karo How the world needs the Truth you taught us And our hearts Now drink of your words That flowed within you Setting us free You gave us Jesus Jesus the truth Salt of the earth Love that we That was Mark Mallet with Song for Carol. Coming up, the Vatican investigates the legionaries of Christ, but that is a little later. Pope John Paul II is perhaps most well known for his World Youth Days. World Youth Day was always one of his favorite events. His love for young people was quite evident in 1979 at Madison Square Gardens when tens of thousands of teenagers were chanting, John Paul II, we love you. 
The Pope walks up to the microphone and shouts back, John Paul II, he loves you. Now, many of those young people have now grown up and become priests and religious themselves. And so, we now have a whole John Paul II generation of priests. And I'm very happy to welcome Father Thomas Rosica, CEO of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation and my boss, to Salt and Light Radio to speak to us about the legacy of John Paul II. Hello, Father Tom. Hi, Pedro. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Father, you had the chance to meet John Paul II uh, several times. Now, what, do you, right. what, what do you remember most about him? What is the, the one thing that really sticks out from meeting him in person? Well, you know, each time we get around the time of the anniversary, as we are right now, what stands out is the, the towering figure that he was, not just for Catholics and Christians, but for the whole world. One of the most striking things was his love for young people, right. and the way that he always made a place for young people in his life, in his ministry, as priest, as Carol Wojtyla, and then as bishop, and then as pope, as the Bishop of Rome. Right. Now, um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to date you, but you were a young man when uh, he was elected pope. Uh, were you already in the seminary, or not quite yet? I was in the university, in fact. It was 1978. I remember that October evening. I was driving home, second-year university in Rochester, New York, and the habemus papam, you know, so we sped home. Yes. We had just been through the previous month of all of that uncertainty after the death of Paul VI and right. then the election and death of John Paul I. And I remember being amazed watching this non-Italian come out on the balcony and hearing that booming voice, they called a man from a distant country. Uh -huh. And I, I was convinced at that moment something was changing with the whole picture. Something was changing with the way he spoke to the public, to the media. Uh, we had a young pope. So shortly after that, you did enter the seminary. How did his papacy influence your vocation and, and, and ultimately your priesthood? Well, he was really the pope of my whole formation. I do remember Pope Paul VI growing up and in part of my university, but it was John Paul II and his teaching that really marked what we were studying, what we were doing, and I think it was his connection to the world, that the Church was not just serving itself, but it was serving the world. And he raised the bar in terms of bringing people's knowledge to big world issues. There was communism, which was one of the big threats that he was dealing with. Right. He dealt with the nuclear issues. The, the attempt on his life in 1981 really moved me. I was teaching at that point as a postulant in France. Okay. And I remember seeing it from that perspective and, and wondering, what on earth is happening here? This is a man of peace, and people tried to kill him. Uh -huh. And then how he pulled through all of that. He stood up to things he was not afraid. I think his voice, be not afraid, his, his words, don't be afraid, you know, stand up and take courage, were quite striking. Yeah. Um, just a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this, at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Uh, I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and we're remembering Pope John Paul II with uh, Salt and Light CEO, Father Thomas Rosica. I'm glad you mentioned that phrase, be not afraid, Father Tom, because... Um, there are hundreds of other phrases that we remember him saying, lots of quotes, be not afraid, probably being the, the most well-known. What are some other things that you remember that, that he said or what, what stands out for you most about his teachings? Well, one of the things that he developed was this whole phenomenon called World Youth Days, which right. above and beyond the big rallies of gathering together millions of young people, it was a very big response to the solitude and loneliness that young people are living in many parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And he used those as a primary school of evangelization, of teaching, and as a bold witness to a world that often excludes God. 
and I think we still have a lot to learn in mining the depths of the world youth days, the catechetical method, the introduction of young people to the scriptures, the presence of the pastors of the church, the bishops at those events. And that was one thing. Another thing for which he will be remembered, for which I'm very grateful to him, is his whole outreach to the Jewish people. Right. The image of him at the Western Wall and that historic visit in March 2000 will remain with me all of my years. Mm-hmm. I had lived in, in Jerusalem and knowing the significance of that holy place and seeing a pope go there and ask forgiveness, putting that letter in the wall and, and praying, uh, that was a very powerful symbol. Right. Let me just go back to World Youth Day, since, I mean, you're very, you're, you're very familiar with that event, as, as am I. And I think I heard this from you, Father Tom, that, that Pope John Paul II was, had been heard saying that World Youth Days was not so much to evangelize the youth, but to evangelize the bishops. What do you think right. he meant by that? <laughs> That's right. He often said it was for the evangelization and the conversion of young people and of their priests and their bishops. And I think it's a very, very valid point, you know, because it's difficult from the perspective of priest and bishop when you're dealing with administration with some of the heavy issues and difficulties, we lose that energy, that enthusiasm, that dynamism, we lose hope. Mm -hmm. And I think World Youth Days brought many priests back to their core. It certainly brought many bishops back to their fundamental role of teachers, teachers of the Word of God, through those catechesis moments. Uh, It was a brilliant exercise that John Paul II offered to people. He offered a model of how to be a pastor. Right, and it's certainly one of his, his main legacies. Now, if you could find the one thing, what do you think is the legacy of this great pope? If, if you can find one, maybe two or three. John Paul II was a witness to Jesus Christ, and he was a witness to hope. All of his encyclicals, all of his letters, his homilies, his teaching, he gave witness to hope in a world where despair seemed to be gaining some strength and force. And he told people that they're not alone. He brought the Church on the road to the extremities of the earth. Mm-hmm. It was not just the home office on the Tiber, but he brought the Church into every possible situation through those 104 apostolic trips, those journeys to the various countries. And he helped us to understand what it means to be Catholic. It means to be universal in our perspective. Well, it's certainly... Uh a happy time as we remember his work and his life. Father Tom, thank you so much for sharing your memories of John Paul II with us. Thanks, and God bless you all. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Brazilian priest Father Thomas Rosica, Chief Executive Officer of the Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. Hi there, I'm Janelle Reinhardt, and um, my fondest memory of John Paul II was in 2002 when I actually got to meet him. Um, I was, had the opportunity to sing the World These Day theme song at uh, the Vatican, and um, after the beautiful ceremony was ended, I actually got um, to meet Pope John Paul II. And so as I knelt before him and I kissed his hand, I looked up at him and I just started to cry and cry and cry, and he was so amazing. He just took my head into his hands, laid my head on his chest, and started stroking my hair going, shh, and I was like, crying, 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 and um, the cardinal nearby was saying, yes, this is Janelle Reinhardt, and she'll be singing for the theme song in Toronto, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, real good first impression, (laughs) but anyhow, of course, um, he didn't care, and so um, after I'd composed myself, I, I, uh, you know, pulled away, and, and he cradled my cheek in his hand, and I did the same with mine, and as we 
um, were there looking at one another. I looked into his eyes, and I remember thinking, you know, gosh, he his eyes are so young, despite the fact that you know he's so old, um, and yet he just he just drew me in with his eyes, and obviously that was Christ shining through him, and he didn't say a word, but as he was looking at me, it was as if he was speaking right into my soul and saying, I believe in you as a young person, and I entrust you with the mission of Jesus Christ. Go and be an example with your life. And that really, really changed me, really struck me, and it made me persevere and be encouraged in my mission with his ministry and my singing career. Um, and so as I pulled away and, and uh, the, the guard nearby is like tapping me on the shoulder like move the lady time's up <laughs> so I moved and um, I just before I left I whispered in his ear Japan, which means I love you in French and uh, off I went and then actually a friend of mine Father Dennis he came up to me after and he's like Janelle what were you doing and I was like what and he's like oh you had me so scared I thought you were going to get black mascara all over the Pope's white garments um, but anyhow uh, you know Pope John Paul II was obviously a man of of great integrity, great authenticity, Catholic Christian authenticity, and I think that's what um, you know kept him young, kept him, um, you know, really, really capable of communicating Christ to all ages. And so, for me, Pope John Paul II will always be one of my greatest heroes. And so, when he passed away, of course, the world mourned, and, and I mourned with them. And so, I wrote a song for him called Be Not Afraid, which I think really sums up his pontificate. Um, it was his inaugural words when he first became a pope, and, and it was something that he lived, not not being afraid of whatever the people think, not being afraid to obey Christ and, and to do whatever it takes to spread the gospel. And so uh, here's my song called Be Not Afraid. Just an ordinary man who said yes to a plan of infinite, extraordinary Asking forgiveness for the wrongs the 
That was Janelle with her song, Be Not Afraid. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and pretty soon we'll be hearing from Father Stan Fortuna. But first, it's time for our news update. Here with me is Chris Demetrenko. Welcome, Chris. Hi, Pedro. Okay, so the Pope's trip to Africa is over. Um, it's over. It was a week ago, more than a week ago, but we're still talking about condoms in Africa. What's, what's all that about? Yeah, on, on March 17th, as we know, Pope Benedict, in the context of an answer to a reporter on the plane, uh, and the overarching message was about the need for humanization of sexuality, a compassionate Catholic response to people who suffer from AIDS. Well, the Pope said that, quote, one cannot overcome it with the distribution of condoms. On the contrary, they increase the problem. Now, on face value, people read that statement to imply that somehow the Pope meant that he was comparing the risks of unmarried sex without a condom to unmarried sex with a condom. Mm -hmm. So on this evaluation, commentators like the Lancet Health Journal, health ministers from a few European countries, they condemned the Pope for promoting bad science. But like almost every other controversial declaration of the Pope, these instant reactions are followed by a second wave of more favorable analysis. Mm -hmm. And I read one particularly interesting article this week by Edward C. Green in the Washington Post. Right. It was on uh, March 29th, and it was titled, The Pope May Be Right. Green describes himself as a liberal and says that, that this ideology sees condemnation of condoms as an attack on sexual liberation, or, or as I'd like to say, really an unwelcome reality check on this notion that sex could somehow be without consequences. Right. Uh, Green also thinks that, that, that people firmly believe in the effectiveness of condom distribution because apart from seeming to make intu intuitive sense, mm -hmm. uh, it has worked in Thailand and Cambodia where they've enforced condom use for sex workers in brothels. Right. But Green is saying that in Africa, high-risk groups like sex workers, gay men, or intravenous drug users aren't the ones who are the most being effective. It's the reverse here. Really? It's people in heterosexual relationships. And Green is theorizing that people in these relationships engage in what's called risk compensation. Okay. And this means that when they think that they're safe by using condoms, well, some of the time, they are actually engaging now in riskier sex. There could be an increase in casual or commercial sex, so prostitution, that coincides with water condom use okay. or water condom distribution even. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's like when I feel like an, I can eat a lot of food with lots of cholesterol just because I went to the gym that day. Okay. And this would account for why countries with high condom availability still have high infection rates, while the success stories in Africa have involved people with less sexual partners. Interesting. Uh, countries like Uganda are often cited. Uh, gone from 15% uh, HIV infection rate to 5%. Now, unfortunately, most people around the world have only heard the headline about what the Pope said about condoms True. and aren't really drawn into this, this wider debate. Now, considering that the comments were made in this brief press Q&A on the plane, one wonders whether this was really an appropriate time for the Pope to address this question at all. Yeah, you know what? I... Uh, I I think that the Pope sh it has the full right and it's his duty to say what he needs to say um, whenever people are listening. And it's too bad that we live in this soundbite, um, uh, I guess, culture that, mm -hmm. that people can't sit and read. And it's really not such a long statement. And it's available. People can Google it and find the full statement. It's not even a page long to find out exactly what he said 
and how he said it. And it's not exactly the way it was publicized. Mm-hmm. So uh, by all means, the Pope needs to, to, to speak when he's being listened. Well, certainly it's, it's unfortunate yeah. that the press has developed this mentality of sort of gotcha journalism where you, yes. you look for an apparent gaffe and, uh, and then you try to exploit it by, by not really looking at the broader context of yes. Catholic teaching. Uh, but still, if this conversation is, is occurring about, about the context, about yes. what's really happening in Africa, I'm only hearing it among those who are already sold on the church's message mm. of, ab- of abstinence. And so it's, it's, it's not really enough. Yeah, so I guess we'll be talking about this a little more as the, as the weeks uh, go by, right? Well, I hope people talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on uh, the Catholic Channel. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is our news update with Salt and Light news producer Chris Demetrenko. Uh, now, Chris, tell me what are the latest developments surrounding the Legionaries of Christ? Well, yes, on March 10th, uh, well, a letter that was dated March 10th was posted on the Legionaries' website on Tuesday. Cardinal Tartisio Bertone, the Vatican Secretary of State, ordered an apostolic visitation. And what this means is that a team of investigators from the Vatican will be examining the order, uh, much in the same way that women's religious orders in the United States will be visited later this year. Right. And the Cardinal said that this visit would occur, quote, so that with truth and transparency in a climate of fraternal and constructive dialogue, you will overcome the present difficulties. Hmm. So that is referring how what happened in February, that the, Le- the Legionary of Christ officials confirmed all the rumors surrounding Father Marcel Maciel, <clears throat> sorry, that he had fathered a child, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was also these ac- accusations of financial irregularities involving Father Maciel okay. that have been yet to be confirmed. Okay. And so there's there still remains to be a lot of unanswered questions in the situation. Okay. Now, uh, in the letter to Legionaries of Christ members, Father Alvaro Corquera, who is the Director General of the Legionaries, he's mm-hmm. welcoming this visitation. He says that, I have thanked the Holy Father from my heart for offering us this additional help to face our present vicissitudes related to the grave facts in our Father Founder's life. Now, uh, just to maybe put a pause here, because I know uh, members of Renyon Christi, or I've met some legionary priests, and, and it goes without saying that, I mean, there are many of the members who believe that he's innocent, or that he was innocent, or, or that this was a, a misunderstanding, or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's a lot of pain in there. Mm-hmm. And and it must have been very, very difficult for them and, and very hard to reconcile uh, the good that has been done through the Legionnaires or their lay association, yes. Regnum Christi, and, uh, and, and what he did. Um, hopefully for these people, this chapter for the Legionnaires will, will soon be mm-hmm. put behind them. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, a little gear, gear shift here. A lot of Catholics are talking about the upcoming release of this movie, Angels and Demons which is the, the sequel, or I guess the, the book, the prequel to yes. the Dan Brown's The, the, Vin, the uh, Da Vinci Code. Uh, yes, well, uh, and people are asking whether the Vatican is boycotting or has boycotted the film. Right. Uh, there was an interesting article on the, the Catholic News Service blog, that's catholicnews.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found an interesting article about uh, how these rumors of a boycott seem to have been manufactured in a report from The Hollywood Reporter, carried by the Reuters News Service, and uh-huh. so, so delivered to the world, the Vatican's, uh, a, a report said that the Vatican's official newspaper had called for a worldwide boycott. And uh, this film certainly isn't expected to portray the church in a very positive light, so no. I guess one could understand why the church might be concerned. 
but L'Osservatore Romano ran no such story. That's the official Vatican newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a story in Avenir, which is the newspaper of the Italian Bishops' Conference. But uh, um, there was no call for a boycott in this, uh, in this newspaper either. CNS thinks that the source of this report is comments made by someone who writes for Avenir okay. to another newspaper, La Stampa, if you're following me on yes, this. Yes, I think I am. Uh, recommending that Catholics ignore the film. Yes. But it's a stretch to say that asking Catholics to ignore the film is the same as, as calling for, for a, a boycott. boycott. So really the Vatican has made no such calls. But it's, it's really too late. If you do a Google search for Vatican and angels and demons, you'll see dozens of reports. Mm-hmm. And uh, it certainly seems to demonstrate how news has been overtaken by speculation. I mean, the Vatican could do a lot of things like create a diocese of outer space or replace the Pope Mobile with a bulletproof donkey. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I could go on. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a film. I love films. And for me, I'd say go watch it and just be aware that it's fantasy. <laughs> well, personally, I I would go if I got a free media pass. Exactly. Hopefully, they can they can hook us up with that. Yeah. Or but yeah. Uh, I can't say I was terribly entertained by the Da Vinci Code. No. Uh, regardless, I simply hope that audiences have audiences have the capacity to distinguish between fact and fiction. I know how tempting it is for people to latch on to a conspiracy theory. You're right, and that's what it is. And if it's a good story, I don't know if it is or it isn't. I haven't read the book, but if it's a good story, maybe it makes for a good film as long as people aren't taking it as fact. Exactly. Correct? Well, thank you, Chris, very much. Again, good to have you here with our news segment. That was Salt and Light News producer Chris Dimitrenko. Coming up, we still need to hear from singer-songwriter Aaron Berghaus. But first... It's no news to those who are familiar with Father Stan Fortuna that his inspiration has always been John Paul II. Father Stan is definitely one of those JP2 priests. He is also a Franciscan friar of the renewal and is mostly known for his rap and jazz music. I had the chance to speak with Father Stan shortly after John Paul's death. Here is that conversation from our Salt and Light archives. Hello, Father Stan. Pedro, how you doing, my brother? I'm all right. How are you? It's great to have you in the program. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I don't think it's it's any uh, surprise. Anybody that knows you knows uh, how uh, how you you claim that Pope John Paul II is your hero. You've been very inspired by him. So can you? This, absolutely. Absolutely. This can be a little harder. I'm going to see if you can focus in on one or two things about Pope John Paul II that are the things that have really inspired you. Well, just just the man himself. I mean, it's his his response to to God's call to him you know and and how just how huge his response was and uh, how consistent and how faithful like I mean right up until the end and it's just right. relentless he's, he's relentless man right. and he's so focused he's so focused that it just expanded him man to, to be so huge and so wide and and just so big in his in his love and in his capacity yeah. to suffer and love I mean it's just Unbelievable. Yeah. Right. Now, was he Pope when you entered the Franciscans? Yeah, like right around the time of my conversion, you know. Uh, so I his... entered the Capuchins in 1979, so it was like just right after he became Pope, and uh, and I was right on the threshold of entering when he became Pope. So I've been, I've been like, I, he's been in the center of my scope, you know, since since his election, you know. Right, and, exactly. Uh, so these 26 years of his pontificate has just, for me personally, been the preparation 
to really get me ready now to really go ahead with the real task of, of my vocation. He's on the day he died, April second, you know, two thousand five. I was in Krakow, and that was right. that was like the a birthing, a rebirthing of my vocation. And then yeah. I was just in Poland for the John Paul II Day. They had a huge, massive concert. I know, on, on yeah, the 16th. I know. Isn't that amazing that they have a day named after him? Absolutely. And the fact that I was there in Warsaw, Poland, you know, that was the redefining of the, of my vocation. So it's a so I'm just getting started. Um, why do you think that he, that people write songs about him? What, what, what is that all about? Well, he's just, he's, his, his, whole, his whole person is just such a provocation of, of life, you know, uh, yeah. human life and divine life in, in so many different dimensions, and, uh, and it just provokes it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let's talk about your song, The Great One. Yeah. What's, uh, and uh, we're, we're going to be listening it, to it while we're talking. Oh, but cool. it, it's, uh, did you, is this the song end up being what you envisioned? Uh, had you been thinking about writing a song for the Pope? Well, I've got time? like a couple, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm a sacred song too. Yeah. I got, I got Cell 91, which is like that's a, right, a little that's bit right. of a pier piercing into his whole election. And then uh, I got another one I've been working on that's going to come out on sacred song 3. That's called uh, KW, for Carol Votiwa, you know? And yeah. then, um, then when I was in World Youth Day, I was really missing him. And I came up with another one called I'm Loving You. And uh, and then this one, I was in Poland after he died, and I called my friend uh, Bob Lesniewski, Righteous Beat, who's another Catholic rapper, and uh, right. he's been really kind of bugging me to do some kind of collaboration thing, and he's also Polish. So I said to him, I said, yo, man, God gave me this chorus, man, when I was in Krakow, so I, I emailed him the chorus. I said, start up on your verse, because when I get back, man, you coming to New York, and we're going to do this thing. And uh, so I got the chorus while I was on a bus driving into Krakow. You know, I didn't say, oh, I'd like to write a song for the Pope. Right. You know, just, yeah. This is just something that just, like, exploded in my soul, you know, and of course, like, yeah, the great one, new inspiration, Poland's revelation, Catholic nation, Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from, spark for everyone, JP, the great one, you know, and um, it's just, uh, it's just the fact of, of how great that, that this guy uh, is, you know, and especially uh, how Jesus, uh, you know, just used him in a magnanimous way, you know. Yeah, listen, we, we're, we're out of time. But it was great talking to you, and I know you're rushing off to the airport. Uh, so uh, thank you for talking to us. Looking forward uh, to hearing your new song about the Pope. All right, and, thanks. Uh, and keep us posted on when you're going to be around this area again, and we'll get you in the studio, okay? Beautiful, brother. Peace all right. and blessings to all you and to all everybody over there in the studio and everybody who's watching and listening. Thank you very much. Peace to you. Thanks, Pedro. Bless right. you, bro. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. And that was Father Stan Fortuna in a conversation that we had shortly after the death of John Paul II. Here now is Father Stan's song, The Great One. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Yeah, the great one, new inspiration, poet's revelation, Catholic nation, Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from, spark for everyone, J.P. the great one. Yeah, the great one, new inspiration, poet's revelation, Catholic nation, Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from, spark for everyone, J.P. the great one. Was it just fake that you can be so great in the midst of Nazi and Cold War hate debates with heads of states while hatred inflates then creates anthropological inmates with truth and love intimidates attempts at freedom that incriminates and legislates laws that exterminates world can't deal with enemies and then you go straight to embassies kings and presidents in your presence they sense new precedents priorities for minorities casting down superiorities one world one love one race in every place you be 
holding high the population that's booming Protect and defend the dignity and rights of all because they human You even said every single person without exception Now we got rats in the B-16 with the new paper election Not accepting ideologies based on deception Now that you're gone, ain't no time for resting I'll be counting on your prayers and your blessings yeah, the great one, new inspiration, poets, revelation, Catholic nation, Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from, smart for everyone, JP, the great one, yeah, the great one, new inspiration, poets, revelation, Catholic nation, Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from, smart for everyone, JP, the great one. Yo, young people, be not afraid to grave They make them tremble the truth It made a brave man enough to seek forgiveness Papa also forgave Nine millimeter bullets in the chest on that day in May Credit given saying Ave, Ave Maria Cause she was mama, he was Carol Wotia But day said he was zealous, he burned out in the day But Jay said like Flint blazed the path for the faithful The cross was his way and he was never ungrateful He showed us how to suffer, find joy in the painful And then there came us, the object to every verb He spoke hope to the hurt when we were kicked to the curb Gave birth to the worth and saw the youth as the church The flock flourished in his courage cause he knew how to serve Now his legacy lives on, revolution has proved to prove Through the great Papa John Paul too. Yeah, the great one, new inspiration Poets, revelation, Catholic nation Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from Small for everyone, JP, the great one Yeah, the great one, new inspiration Poets, revelation, Catholic nation Ave Maria, son, that's where he come from Small for everyone, JP, the great one be not afraid to open wide the doors to Christ the redeemer of man Jesus Christ is the center of the universe and of history let us take our place at the school of the saints gazing upon Mary we come to know the transforming power present in the Eucharist in Jesus Christ God bends down over man to hold out a hand to him if the church holds back from culture the gospel itself falls silent yeah the great one new inspiration poets revelation Catholic nation Ave Maria son that's where he come from spark for everyone JP the great one yeah the great one new inspiration poets revelation Catholic nation Ave Maria son that's where he come from spark for everyone JP the great one the great one, new inspiration, poets, revelation, Catholic nation, Ave Maria, son, that's where you come from, spark for everyone, JP, the great one, yeah, the great one, new inspiration, poets, revelation, Catholic nation, Ave Maria, son, that's where you come from, spark for everyone, JP, the great one, you have confidence in Christ, JP, the great one. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Series 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and that was Father Stan's song, co-written with Righteous Bee, The Great One. And now it's time for our events. Here with me is Michelle Nutso. Hello, Michelle. Hi, Pedro. So 
starting in the West Coast today? No, no, we are starting no. in the East. We're starting in Montreal. Change. Change. Change is good. Yes. Uh, deadline to register to join other Montreal youth for a pilgrimage to Compostela is April 17th. So that's the deadline. And the pilgrim sorry, the pilgrimage is actually happening uh, June 26th to July 18th. Now they're looking at a maximum of 15 participants. Spaces are filling up fast. So if you're interested, now the cost is... 2150 but it includes a return flight from Montreal to Madrid, all taxis, trains, and bus transfers, as well as 21 nights of accommodation. And that includes in the big cities and along the routes. Excellent. I'd love to do that. That would be amazing. Yeah. So if you're in Montreal and you're looking to do that, um, you can look for more information on the diocesan website. Mm -hmm. Uh, April 17th to 18th in Montreal, there's a stewardship conference coming to town. It's, calling re it's called Renewing Community, a Response to the Spirit. This is being held at St. Joseph's Oratory, and there will be a great lineup of speakers. Mm -hmm. In Toronto, on Wednesday, April 8th, there will be a guided pilgrimage and mini-retreat in honor of the Year of St. Paul, and it's, uh, it's happening to help you prepare for the Holy Triduum. So it includes visits to St. Paul the Apostles Church in Burlington in Toronto and St. Paul's Basilica in Toronto. The cost is $35. It includes bus transportation and lunch. For more information, call Pat DeCruz at... Okay, get this, duckydad at rogers.com. So duck as in duck with a Y, dad at rogers.com. Good. April 18th, uh, still in Toronto, mark your calendars for the Lift Jesus Higher Rally 2009 mm -hmm. happening at the Metro Toronto Convention Centre. It's an all-day event. Special guests this year include Catholic apologist Tim Staples, uh, Craig Pohl, Assistant Production Manager for uh, The Choices We Face television program, as well as Messianic Jewish Catholic Debbie Herbeck. Mm -hmm. That's happening April 18th. April 19th, the next day, all are welcome to join Archbishop Thomas Collins for Lectio Divina at St. Michael's Cathedral. Vespers begin at 7, followed by Lectio Divina from 7.30 to 8.15. This month's scripture passage is from Philippians 2, 1 to 18. So it's a great way to kickstart the, the week. Uh, and it's basically, Lectio is basically a very personal encounter with God through the scriptures. Yeah, it's a popular event here in the Very popular event, April 19th. If you miss it, you can catch it um, on Salt and Light Television. Yes. In Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg is hosting a public way of the cross, um, which will be taking place on Good Friday, April 10th, beginning at 9 a.m. at Our Lady of Perpetual Health Church. It's a two and a half kilometer walking route. Uh, for, for, for more information, contact the OLPH Youth Ministry Office, uh, and the address for that is youth at olphwinnipeg.ca. Catholic Women's League in Winnipeg is uh, hosting its diocesan uh, annual convention. It's the 88th annual convention. It's happening the 17th and 18th, once again, at Our Lady of Perpetual Help Parish. For more information, check out the Archdiocesan website under events listings. Mm -hmm. In Regina, Franciscan friar Richard Rowe, an internationally known speaker, author of several books on spiritual formation, as well as the founder of the Center for Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is speaking at Western Christian College in the Macmillan Auditorium, April 17th, 7 p.m. The title is The Emerging Church. Cost is $20, and he'll also be speaking the following day if you can't make the 17th. April 18th, he'll be speaking on input, dialogue, and reflections from 9 to 3 at the Living Spirit Center. Cost for that is $40, and it includes lunch. It's great if I can just uh, just add for anyone that might be joining the program at this point. Uh, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and I'm here with our events producer, Michelle Nuzzo, and we're continuing on with 
Calgary? Calgary, that's right. Um, so I was talking about Franciscan friar Richard Rohr coming to Regina. Yeah. He's continuing on to Calgary where he'll be making two presentations. The first Tuesday, April 21st at the FCJ Centre. Uh, presentation will be on St. Francis's vision, Go and Renew My House. So you can pre-register at the centre or at Mount St. Francis Retreat Centre. Cost for that is $20. Mm -hmm. He'll also be speaking on the Emerging Church from 7.30 to 9.30 at St. Francis School, that's in on North Mount in the northwest part of the city, on the occasion of the 800th anniversary of the Franciscans Foundation. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty exciting. Also in Calgary, the 26th Annual Outdoor Way of the Cross is happening again Good Friday, April 10th, 9.30 a.m., the walk begins and ends at St. Mary's Cathedral and takes about two hours. All are welcome. In Saskatoon, the Way of the Cross is also happening through the streets of downtown Saskatoon, again on Good Friday, April 10th at 10 a.m., beginning at the courthouse. Also in Saskatoon, Rachel's Vineyard Ministries is offering a Healing After Abortion Weekend Retreat. This April 17th to 19th at St. Teresa's Healing and Growth Center in Bruno, Saskatchewan. Mm. The cost is 200 For more information, you can check out the uh, diocesan website. Neat. In Vancouver, April 17th to 19th, Charismatic Retreat is happening at Westminster Abbey Mission. Retreat Master will be Father Gerald D'Souza. The cost for that weekend is 140 To register, you'll find the number to call on the Archdiocesan website. Vancouver's next youth ministry seminar is happening Saturday, April 18th at St. Patrick's Regional Secondary School. And three courses will be offered. Uh, first one being Management and Administration of Youth Ministry. Another course is Justice and Service. Another one is Evangelization with Youth. So the cost is only 35 for the full day or 20 for each of the half day courses. And all fees include materials, lunch and snacks. And the youth ministry seminars are basically youth ministry training events for anyone interested or involved in youth ministry. This includes leaders, youth leaders, priests, parents, teachers, as well as uh, planning members and coordinators. So basically anyone involved with advocacy or youth ministry in the parish. Registration for that brochure can be found online on Vancouver's Archdiocesan website. Excellent. Thank you so much, Michelle. You're very lots welcome. going on. Have a blessed Holy Week. There's you as well. Lots going on. Thank you. Um, and just remember again, send us your upcoming events. Send us an email to radio at saltandlighttv.org. We want to leave you now with probably the most recognizable song about John Paul II by Aaron Berghaus. John Paul II. We love you. Holy Father, here we gather. John Paul II, we love you. Holy Father, here we gather. John Paul II, we love you. You're the Roman pontiff, you're the vicar of Christ In the words that you speak to us and the letters you write You bring hope to our lives Holy Father, here we gather John Paul II, we love you Holy Father, here we gather John Paul II, we love you 
You're the shepherd of bishops, you're the voice of the church And your holiness nourishes all across this earth You bring hope to our lives Holy Father, here we gather John Paul too, we love you Holy Father, here we gather John Paul too, we love you You're the valiant defender of our beautiful faith You're the pilgrim leader of a world you take You bring hope to our lives Holy Father, here we gather John Paul too, we love you Holy Father, here we gather John Paul too, we love you And that brings us to the end of our program. Remember to send us your messages, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Thank you for being with us. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been Salt and Light Radio.